Welcome to the Practice Brave Podcast. I am the host, Brianna Battles, founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism and CEO of Everyday Battles. I'm a career strength and conditioning coach, entrepreneur, mom of two wild little boys, and a lifelong athlete. I believe that athleticism does not end when motherhood begins, and this podcast is dedicated to coaching you by providing meaningful conversations, insights, and interview topics related to fitness, mindset, parenting, and of course, all the nuances of pregnancy and postpartum. From expert interviews to engaging conversations and reflections, this podcast is your trustworthy, relatable resource for learning how to practice brave through every season in your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Practice Brave podcast. Today, I am here with my Idaho friends again for part two about moving to Idaho, but this week the episode is centered around making friends as an adult. We are all moms. We are all in our 30s or our 40s and have navigated a lot of changes in our friendships over the past years, not just moving to Idaho, but um, just in general, friendship losses and friendships that have been made. And I feel like between all five of us, we have a lot of unique perspectives to offer when it comes to talking about friendships as an adult and cultivating them with how important connection is. We also recognize that there's a lot of barriers there to being able to make friends when you are grown up. You're not always in environments and situations or sometimes even have the emotional capacity to put yourself out there. And it's just really hard. And I think the perspective that we have to offer today is we have all met within the last year, some of us within the last six months or so. And we have all approached it from different personality types, extroverted, introverted, all types of Enneagrams and whatever you want to title it. And there's been a common theme of willingness to connect and put yourself out there because we know the value of finding friendships and people to do life with, especially when you're entering a new season. So with that thorough introduction, um, I wanted to just remind you guys of who everybody is. Caitlin Bauer is here. We have Melissa Reese, Kristen Harai, and Taryn Perry. I will have them do a quick intro of themselves just as a little recap, and then we'll dive into it. So Caitlin, hit us. Hey guys, um, just to remind you, I'm the Arizona one. <laughs> just yeah. moved here in June. Um, I have two boys, married, um, live in the city of Meridian, and I'm a personal trainer and do some virtual programming for people as well. Awesome. Melissa. Hey, hey, uh, Melissa Reese um, from Washington moved in April. Um, three girls, nine, five, and one. And we live in Eagle. I'm Bree's neighbor. And I'm a nutrition and wellness coach. And then I do workshops for pregnant and postpartum moms. Yeah. And Kristen. Uh, Kristen Harai. I'm here from California to Nevada to here with my six year old. And I'm a chiropractor. Mm, I'm a pre in jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> and Taryn. Hey, what's up? I'm Taryn. I migrated from Seattle, Washington uh, with my husband and our four kids, ranging from almost seven all the way up to 16. I am a holistic nutrition practitioner, a trainer, and entrepreneur. Yeah. So we all have. A lot of common themes within the health and fitness industry. So that in and of itself, I feel was a really, it made it an easier avenue to connect. And at the same time, 
we don't really spend a lot of our time talking about health and fitness and nutrition, right? Like that's not actually what I feel like we ever really spend time talking about, but it was more of the environments and like-mindedness that acted as a catalyst for that. So Melissa, why don't you kick it off by sharing, like, cause you kind of helped connect everybody. Um, what are some things that were important to you when it came to connecting yourself to the community and friends? In like the five weeks that we had moving, I literally didn't sleep. So I was Googling the Eagle or Meridian, both Chamber of Commerce, women networking groups, MOPs. Oh, there was another group I can't remember now. Anyways, I I found all these groups within five weeks before we moved so that when I got to Idaho, I had already reached out and I was already connected. That was huge for me. I was highly connected back in Gig Harbor. And I knew if I didn't have that, it was going to be a pretty like sad scenario for me as an extreme extrovert. Um, and so I wanted to get those things in motion. And then, you know, and also CrossFit, I think I looked at a gym before I even looked at a home to make sure um, being around that for the last 10 years, like you, you might not have everything in common with people, but there's a commonality at a gym when you're all there together. And I knew I'd find friends or family or something if I had found that. Um, and so with this group, I obviously had met Kristen through you, but I knew Taryn was in health and wellness and it was a trainer. I met Caitlin at the gym and she was kind of into the same thing. I knew you with your background. And so that was kind of like what I love doing is how do I connect people where it's never awkward? And it's like, we all have everything, not everything in common, but we all had something in common where our minds were kind of dialed in. And that's when I was like, we should go to the pool. Um, and then brought them to the pool all together. And I did that on purpose. Um, it wasn't just like, oh, we'll see how this goes. I just knew that we'd all vibe because I'd been with each one of you. Um, and I wanted to see that kind of come to life and create new groups, and new community, because that's what I loved to do back home. And so I, I kind of just tried to pretend this wasn't Idaho in the sense of like, I just moved. Now I'm scared to do all this. I want to just pretend that I was Melissa back in Washington, just doing what I did, not yeah. being intimidated or afraid to just bring a bunch of people together to see how it was going to pan out. Yeah, that was so that, I don't know, that's just such valuable insight. And yeah, so like first tip is find yourself an extreme introvert, extrovert, like that really, really helps. Um, but obviously that's not uh, everybody's, like it doesn't necessarily come naturally. And I don't know, like, what Caitlin or Taryn made you guys be like, sure, I'll go to the pool with this girl that I don't like actually know. So like what made you in ultimately the desire to have a friend, right. Or to like put yourself in that environment. What actually made you say like, yeah, sure. I'll go. I feel like I had a little bit more, um, connection to Melissa because she stalked me on Instagram. <laughs> Um, only because we had a mutual friend. So she wasn't like crazy weird in that regard. Um, but you know, it, truth be told, we had a mutual friend, um, Lindsay from, I went to college with and Melissa worked out with back in Washington. So she reached out to me and said, Hey, let's get together. And to reframe what you said and having an extroverted friend, like 
Melissa continued to reach out and say, let's get together. And like, I'm the type that like, you have to just like, tell me that we're doing something and make a date. Otherwise, like it'll never happen. And not because I don't want it to, but it's just because I'll fill other things, you know, trying to run a business while the kids are in school and also jockey them around town. And then it was like, Hey, let's go do this. Hey, why don't we get our kids together and let's go swimming. Let's go to the pool. Um, and so just having that consistency and, you know, the friend that's like, we're going to do something that was fulfilling for me. And then I was like, these are the kind of people, these are my people. Yeah, absolutely. And Caitlin, you met Melissa like three seconds after joining the same CrossFit gym as her basically. And what was that like for you? Yeah, I had moved. I think I was only in Idaho for two weeks (laughs) and I had been dropping or I joined the CrossFit gym because that was one of my tactics. Um, to meet people right off the bat where we had something in common. And I was going to an earlier class um, that wasn't very busy. So I thought, oh, well, maybe, you know, there weren't like a lot of other women my age that were potential friends. So I went to a little bit later, 930 class. And I remember my husband and I, we showed up late and they were kind of doing the intro of the workout. And Melissa and I just started chatting immediately, immediately. Great thing about Melissa is she doesn't really let you say no. That's true. <laughs> she didn't give you that option. And, but I, another strategy, you know, and we can dive into this more later is I had told my family when we move, our strategy is to be the yes family for the first year. And it'll probably be a little bit overwhelming but we need to say yes to as many invites, as many opportunities, as many social engagements and ways to get involved as possible to start putting roots in. So I had my first invite. It was, Hey, come meet some other women. I had zero friends. So I was like, yes, I will come. I don't have a lot of time today, but I'm going to make it work. And I'm so glad I did. It changed my life. I met you guys. So there is a lot of power in saying yes. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And to help connect this piece, like you guys met through a gym, you met through a mutual friend. Kristen and I both had our kids at jujitsu and I was signed up. Um, I was still am, but we met through that. And it was Kristen who's like more introverted than like I am. I'm kind of like a hybrid. I just, I'm like an environmental introvert, extrovert. Kristen's a lot more naturally introverted, um, at least in this season of life, right, Kristen? (laughs) And uh, she reached out to me and was like sitting on the same bench watching our kids do jujitsu. And she was like, hey, like, I know this is weird, but I follow you on Instagram now. I saw like a mutual friend shared your stuff and you were that mom from jujitsu. And in that moment, I was like, I was so freaking grateful that she said something and that she didn't make it weird, even if she felt weird saying that. Like, I was really grateful. And frankly, when someone's like, I follow you on social media, it makes my life so much easier because then I don't have to explain what I do. Like, that's like, ugh. <laughs> Mostly knows how much I hate that. Um, but Kristen was able to strike up a conversation. And within the first 10 minutes, I knew a, a heavy amount of her life story. And that like truly won me over where I was like, oh, this person isn't just making small talk. Like we are just being really real. And that was so refreshing being in my thirties, having to start over, leaving friendships goodbye, have it being somebody who's experienced friendships. 
fizzle out for a variety of reasons, but also having like friends for 20 years, I just felt like I was really out of the practice of having like genuine connections right off the bat. Um, and I was really grateful that she said something to me because it's easy to not strike up a conversation in settings like that. It is so easy to just stay on your phone, have your headphones in. And I'm like literally talking about myself. This is me. So it is easy to be that person. And I was very grateful that Kristen like solicited that connection. So Kristen, what has it been like for you? Um, I came here and maybe this will help some people with the no plan. And I was coming out of a really big, like survival survive. And I think mostly when I first started making friends or trying to, it was out of this necessity to like, make sure that my kid was okay. So I was making friendships with other parents that had kids the same age or boys or whatever to like, make sure that he was good and making friends. Um, And yes, in this season of my life, I think just from everything I had experienced, I was much more shut down. So I enjoy social settings, but um, at this part of my life, sometimes they overwhelm me or I get, you know, whatever I, it's too much. So I am not good at (laughs) striking out conversations, but I think it's kind of this strange thing when you see somebody on Instagram or when people share their information, it's easier to know that like, well, they put it out there anyway. So I'm just going to be weird here (laughs) and say, I know you. And I really love the stuff that you do because that in my previous life was stuff I really enjoyed. So it was kind of like, I felt like then I could at least talk to you about things that I enjoyed and whatever. So it was kind of my first attempt at making a friend for me. (laughs) That like, wasn't rooted in mom things, but like mom things were the initial how we got there. But like, I think it's so important to talk to when you're, if you're a mom, like if you're trying to make friends as an adult, finding something that is connecting about who you are and not like what you are like, yeah, we are moms, we're wives or whatever this in our careers or that we have a lot of different titles, but like making friends based on the human. That's really nice. Let's see, Taryn, the beardy. Yeah, we made the Melissa and me and my college girlfriend. Made that loop. So then, yeah, we just, so I knew like Kristen again had won me over. And since Melissa had gone through the coach course, she knew like pretty much everything about me and I knew nothing about her. And (laughs) well, I mean, I share a lot in the coaching certification. So she spent a lot of time like learning my brain. And then we happened, she happened to move into the same community as me and we made that connection. And it was really positive because she just threw herself and her family on me, but in a really good way, like in a way that was genuine, authentic, like from the get-go. And I just was like, this is, it was almost like, I felt like God was just like winking at me. It was like, I told you, like, I told you that you were going to go there and you were going to find people that would like love you for who you are and who you were when you landed there. And it's, there's just these subtle reminders over and over. Right. And I know so many of us feel like that sometimes when you meet somebody or you're you're in an environment or situation where you're like, huh, okay. So, um, one thing I think that is really helpful that is a piece for all of us is we got involved in some sort of gym and social 
exercise setting, right? Like Caitlin joined a CrossFit gym. Melissa joined a CrossFit gym. Kristen was in jujitsu. Like her kid was involved in that. I knew that was going to be extremely important for my family was to get involved in something soon, but I didn't want to do too much too soon either. So I felt like twice a week was at least for a kid's sports when we had first moved here was a, was enough of a commitment for that acclimation process. Um, and then Taryn, like, I don't know what you did initially because you've been here the longest. Did you join a gym or some sort of community like that right off the bat? Or did that happen eventually with F45? Um, it happened eventually. I did what I normally do. And I first thing I did when I moved is created a gym in my garage and worked out there. And I was still doing some virtual stuff um, training wise. And then, um, a girlfriend had actually told me to try F45 and I had never known anything about it, but I judged it immediately. I don't know why. Cause there was one in Seattle and I just, I thought it was, we do. We're in the fitness industry, baby. We judge. <laughs> we totally do. And, I was I totally <laughs> and like the fact that people were following this workout on a screen, I'm like, well, what good's the trainer? Why are they paying him? Anyways. Um, so I did, I did swallow my pride and I went and tried it and I was like, oh shit, I really like it. Damn yeah. it. Um, and it's been the best community. I mean, I just, I love having those communities, whether it's F45 or, you know, CrossFit gym that I was a part of in Seattle, same thing. It just was so fulfilling and just gave you something to look forward to because you got to like, not think about your kids and all the things you had to do for a period of time. And it was so refreshing. Yeah. And I've got the most incredible people here. Um, Melissa came and tried out a class with me and, um, it's just, it's been, it's been amazing. So I highly recommend those. And I got so many of my friends in California were like, you're going to have to join a CrossFit just to make friends. And I was like, I know, like, I know. And I don't want to, like, I love CrossFitters. Like they are the humans that I tend to just find whether I want to or not. They're obviously a huge part of Probably a lot of you listening right now, I enjoy the human that enjoys CrossFit. I just don't want to do CrossFit. That's like my own issue, right? Like of, I don't want anyone to tell me how to work out. Like if that is more of the issue, I only want to coach me. Um, but I knew that there was like, shit, like that's my only way of being able to make friends was to get involved with that. And I honestly didn't think jujitsu could provide the same community that I was looking for. But it was like my only, that was my easy yes, was knowing like I needed to get involved in jujitsu because it was something that our entire family could do. Not just me, but like my husband, like he's been training for years. He needed to be involved. I needed to be involved. And then the kids needed to be involved. And I wanted us all under one jujitsu roof. And so we worked really hard to just immerse ourselves in that community from the get-go. When there was like parents night out, we're like, cool. Like, let's do that. We'll leave our kids here. Let's go to consistent practices. Like I'm going to go to these classes. Jared's going to go to these classes and just really got our family involved. So similar to how it is when you join a CrossFit gym, like you try to go to the same class, or maybe you try out a couple different classes. Maybe your spouse joins you. Maybe you go with a friend, but you, you go and you're trying to be in the environment where like, you just say yes more. You go to the potlucks, you go to the things, you go to the barbecues because you're going to kind of automatically be put in a setting to have a higher likelihood of at least finding one person, two people that you can vibe with. And again, this isn't like having to be 
super extroverted. It's about showing up. And that is something that all of us have done is when, when given the opportunity and when knowing what we need to do, we actually did it. Like we said, okay, I am going to show up. Anyone want to speak to that? Yeah, I think even for people who are listening that, you know, that don't work out, they're like, oh, good for you. And you're crossfitting and you're this and you're that. Like, I don't like working out. I don't, I don't want to go to a gym. Regardless if it's a gym or something, there are groups for literally everything. I've Googled them all at 3 a.m. with shingles. I can tell you before I moved, there's mom groups, there's stroller stretch, there's walking groups, there's hiking groups, there's let's go to coffee groups, there's every group. Yeah. It doesn't always and my mom is the one who like looks for those groups and then like joins them. Yes. Like she has no chill. She's just like, oh, a hiking group. Oh, a ski group. Right. So there's just so many Good different stuff. groups that you can go. I think, I just think all of us like the fitness part of it or, or want that. But if that's not your jam, it's, it's Googling and looking and finding in your area where those are. Right. And, you know, obviously it's easy for me to be like, oh, I love that. It's my favorite. Oh, it is, is I'm an extrovert, but, yeah. and it's cool. It's easy for you to go and join a group of people you don't know. But right. at the same time, it's, you know, it is intimidating even for somebody like myself who loves it. But if you're wanting connection and you're wanting that, you got to just do like, you have to do it. If you're an introvert and you don't want to do it, you got to find that one thing, even if it's coffee in the morning with people, or even if it's whatever group it could be, I feel like if you go, you'll just be so thankful that you did go because I always think like in regret, like what if you always look back and wonder, well, shit, what if I would have gone to that hiking group? Who could I have met that day? Who could I have had friends with? But I'm not saying yes to anything because I'm too afraid. And I think that won't ever kind of translate in making community. If you always stick with that, I'm afraid Um, because I know my friends are like, Oh, it's so easy for you to make friends. And that's what you love to do, but I'm not like that. And I understand that, you know? And so that's what I think if you can find something that you enjoy and just show up and then maybe find someone like myself. (laughs) Well, and I think like Kristen, you're an excellent example of this. And I'm, I should have asked you before if you like, I don't know. I hope you don't mind that I I bring this up, but I saw that there was a widow's group being hosted at one of our coffee shops and I like sent it to you. And I know at first it was like, I don't know if I want to go to that. Like, you know, cause like she has done her own, Kristen has done the work. She is doing the work. She is in a different place. And I think that it could probably be super triggering and vulnerable to be around like others, but then also like, so supportive. So I know there was a lot of like mixed feelings and emotions about whether or not that was going to be a helpful group for you to join. I had another friend who lost her husband who actually vouched for this group. And so when I found that out, I felt like that was another sign of like, Kristen, like my friend said that she really loved this group and you ended up going. So can you share with us about that? Because obviously that was connecting with people and finding humans that you could connect and relate with that, you know, us, we here like love you and support you, but we don't know what you've lived. We don't know that life. Yeah, no, I don't mind sharing at all. And you just throw uh, you on the spot, girl. Uh, but I think it's even what, what Melissa was just saying, and that's what I was thinking. Kind of when you had sent this, when when you were starting to say what you were saying, is that you have to be okay with failing. I think at some point because you're going to meet a lot of people and they're not all going to be your people. But just getting to a new place and putting yourself out there is 
what you kind of have to do, even if none of those people are who you continue to be or see for the next couple of months or years, or you never see those people again. Right. Um, and I had tried different varieties of this. Like when I first got here trying, because at that point my son wasn't in school. So it was like anything that I did, he had to come with me. So what are things that you can do like that church groups, right? Because they have, um, I mean, that's what I chose to do, but there are lots of things that have this, right? But that's, so I would go to like, the first thing I tried was this thing called unpacking the bags and it was just about moving, but then the woman also then experienced grief. So I was like, okay, this was my initial toe dip because if I went to a widow's group, I think I shared this with you. Then I had to admit I was a widow and I didn't want to be a widow. (laughs) You know, I didn't want to come here and be a widow. Because I think then you fall into these groups and these boxes. And as I was doing that work in therapy and, you know, my own, like for me as God, right. For whoever, like for other people, it's whatever they feel called to that's higher than them. Um, And so it's like really trying to work on you in, in this like full capacity way. So it's the ability to like, I knew I didn't want to do it, but when you sent it and how you sent it, and then your mom sent it to me, right. People who actually care enough to be like, this may be uncomfortable, but you might find great things allowed me to have some courage to be like, okay, you know, and in worst case scenario, I go to my favorite coffee shop because that's where it happened to be at. So I think that also made me feel pretty safe. Um, and so, but it is, and it's a, it's this idea that it's ended up being an amazing group of women who you can come and share your stories And a place I think of like, we all crave and want is this idea of like being able to share your story safely um, and finding people who can just accept you for who you are. But I think that's like a whole nother thing. But I, I think it's just this idea that it's, you have to set yourself up with this concept of, I'm going to put myself in situations I may not like, and I may not win every time, but say I put myself into five situations and I made one new friend, right? That's one friend you didn't have before. And maybe you continue to change and grow and you don't continue on with that friend, but they got you to the next place. And I feel like we're not really good at talking about that, right? About having these phases and cycles of people in your life who maybe they're they're such a gift that they just got you to the next place. And there's no attachment to the fact that, okay, my friends, for example, before I became a widow, you know, I love them all so deeply and I wish them the best. I don't talk to some of them for whatever the reasons are. And all of it was a really amazing lesson. And it doesn't mean I don't care or think about them, but where I'm at currently and how we all grew is just different. Right. And I think that's where you have to put yourself. And that's where I had to put myself when you told me about this group was that first I can accept going to a widow's group and not have to accept that I'm a widow. Like I accept I'm a widow but it doesn't define me. It doesn't, it doesn't tell you who I am as a person, just because you know that I've lost someone that was really important to me. Yeah. I think that's really, really powerful. Caitlin, did you have something to add? Oh my gosh, Kristen, I'm just like hanging on your every word. (laughs) You're you're such an engaging speaker and, and just speak so much truth that even though I've not experienced what you've experienced, I just, my heart is just like a roaring fire for you. And, um, everything you say, you're a very wise person. Anyway, with that said, um, I think you're kind of tapping into 
really interesting. And, and Bree, you can steer it back if you don't want to go this direction, but I loved what you told her. Okay. (laughs) About friends who are there for a season of life and kind of, and that wasn't a, a concept that I fully grasped until probably maybe the last five or six years of my life. Cause I think as, as a child, you make friends and then you expect, you know, like that song, make new friends, but keep the old one is silver and the other gold. And then you have just accumulate friends forever and ever. But while that may be true, there is a grieving process involved with saying farewell to friends that just, you know, we evolve as, as humans, our circumstances change. Sometimes our values change. Sometimes we experience things in life that are so profound or traumatizing or so big that it causes this radical shift in the way that you live your life or the way that you want to live your life going forward. And sometimes the people that came in like the old version of you don't cannot, there's not really a place for that moving forward or that you just, you don't know how to kind of like shed this skin that you need to as an individual and take along um, certain relationships or relationship dynamics with you. And I think if you give people the grace to experience that, it's a beautiful thing. Cause I know, you know, I've experienced that where I feel like I couldn't take some people along the journey with me. And I'm sure I've had friends that felt like I needed to be left behind. And so as we age and I know for me, I, my heart is growing bigger and my tolerance level for what people have experienced is growing. And my judgment is getting less and less and less as the year goes on. Like life is hard. Life's really, really, really hard. And you don't know, you don't know everything about everyone. So giving people that space to grow and evolve themselves. And if you fit into it, great. And if, if not like it, you just have to honor that, that loss of friendship. I know I'm kind of speaking vaguely, but I'm hoping that people can connect with that uh, to some degree, because I think we all experience it. And um, it's actually beautiful. Like I, I look at people who are in my life for a certain reason and season, and I cherish that friendship. Sometimes I still grieve it and I have deep holes in my heart, or sometimes there've been relationships that didn't end um, in a way that I felt resolved. And, it, you know, if, if it's appropriate, you can go back and try to mend it. Sometimes you just have to, to move on and, and lick your wounds. But um, female friendships, I think, are so critical, especially when you're a mother. Um, you, you need friends to help help you through motherhood. You need friends to help you through marriage because you need to be surrounded by people who support marriage, who support your marriage. Um, you need to be around people that support you and your goals as a woman outside the identity of being a wife or a mother. So yeah, it, it's such a, there's so many rings to it. And I just have like so many thoughts, but I'll end it on that. Um, and we'll kind of pass the torch. Kaylin, that was like a freaking sermon. And I thought it was really, really beautiful to the point where like, I don't really cry often, but like it definitely struck some chords there. Cause it is so hard losing people and having to like reevaluate like what that means about you, what that means about them, or what that means about like your capacity to be seen or loved for whatever. Right. Cause I think 
friendships are just as deep as relationships. If not, like they kind of sting more when they go, when they shift and when they change, I think, because there's a, I think we have like different expectations around them. Like the whole like best friends forever or like that you're going to truly like just grow up with somebody and keep growing up with them. And I think maybe we come from generations where our parents did have friends for decades and decades. And while like that can still be true and is, there's also, like you said, like where we just phase out or something happens or someone changes or just there's shifts and blowups and changes and whatever. And all of that is just so hard to navigate because our opportunities to make friends don't feel as, um, they don't feel as accessible as maybe they did when we were in high school or when we were in college or when we were like working and single and we were, you know, like just had opportunities to go like to happy hour or whatever it may be. Right. Like we're not necessarily in as many easy, um, environments and situations that we maybe were used to prior to the stage of life we're in now. Karen, I know you had, you had something you wanted to share along these lines. Well, I mean, just to piggyback off what Caitlin was saying and, you know, processing the loss of a friendship when you're an adult is like, before we hit record, we were talking about this. It's almost worse than like breaking up with your boyfriend in high school, you know, like you don't ever expect it necessarily. And there is wholeheartedly a season of life that friendships, you know, are fulfilled and also a season of life that you kind of have to bless and release and know that they don't serve you. But when you're the one that's blessed and released and completely sidelined by it, it's Mm -hmm. devastating. Like I remember I cried for like, I still get emotional about it. I cried for a week, you know, and I, um, Oh my God, I wasn't expecting this. Um, (laughs) I moved around so much as a kid. And so that's why this move was no big deal to me as an adult, but I moved so much as a kid. And so when I moved down to the States from Canada, um, when I was 11, I moved at like the most awkward time for a kid, you know, and of course I moved my kids at the most awkward time too. So payback. Um, but I was, it was so hard for me to make friends because I was that awkward Canadian that had this weird accent. Right. And so some of those friendships, and I'm so fortunate that I have one of those friendships still to this day. And, you know, we can go months and months and months without talking. And the moment we do, it's like, we pick up where we left off and we've gone in so many different directions and we have different beliefs and, you know, thoughts on things that are very, you know, big, but yet we still can honor the, the core root of our friendship. Um, and I thought that with others, you know, and as we've evolved into marriage and, um, you know, careers and then starting families and then moving and settling and like prioritizing our family, still assuming that there was a friendship there, even if it wasn't, um, you know, texting every day or phone or calls every day, but still like an expectation that there was a friendship and milestones. Like I always remember milestones in some of my core friendships. Like I suck at birthdays, but there's a handful of people that I will always remember their birthday. And I will make a effort to make sure that I, I message them. And I just got the wind sucked out of me when I was not a part of a very big milestone of a friend's birthday. And all of my best friends were there and I wasn't, and I was just like sidelined and it took me a lot to recover from that. And I would to like sit there and, and reflect on like, what the hell did I do? What did I do wrong to be released from that friendship? And I, you know, peeled the onion back and I 
realized what it was. And I, I have to tell myself it wasn't me. Um, but I was, I think I held on to that so hard and for so long because I was craving to have that relate that friendship that surpassed, you know, any of the friendships that maybe my parents had because I moved around so much. I never had an opportunity to have that lifelong friendship because I moved so many times. So when I had it and it was broken, I was like, what the fuck did I do wrong? You know, and then you blame yourself. Like you're this awful person. I did something, you know, to de- to derail that friendship when it's really just, I wasn't in that season of their life anymore. And that's okay. And I had to come to terms with that, that I wasn't that person because I've let people out of my life that weren't serving me anymore in that season of life. And maybe it was traumatizing for them, yeah. you know, hopefully not because hopefully I didn't just kick them to the curb and do what I felt was done to me. But, you know, that was on me on how I had to process that, that grief and it's, yeah, just, it's like so raw. It's so raw. And like, we see that it's still raw. This shit doesn't die. Right. Like it doesn't like own you as much as maybe it did then, or like not getting the happy birthday text or them not supporting your business or not supporting your marriage or not supporting whatever like pathway you go on. Like that stings a lot at first. Cause you keep hoping that like, well, maybe there's still a chance or maybe there's like a redemption story in here somewhere. And like, maybe there is, right? But at the same time, you cannot be owned by that forever. Like there is that release period of like, I have to, this cannot consume me anymore because it is stealing me from being able to actually make friends or to like try to cultivate better relationships with the friends that I do have. The ones that like do care and support all of you, right? Where you're not too much, where you, where they just will do life with you. But if we are so consumed by our hurt and rejection, which is super, super fair, like it just, I feel like it just prevents us from finding those who will show up for us. And that is a brutal, brutal fucking thing to have to like work through. That's probably the hardest part is like when you were saying you sit there and you'll think for, I've been there. So I get all of this. Like, what did I like, even if I did something wrong or like, maybe if I didn't, this just thinking that like, I must be that shitty of a friend or like that yucky of a person that these, that these people or person don't want me in their life anymore is gut wrenching. And you like, I mean, you, I will, I would sit for months or days and just be like, how do I, how do I be different next time? Or how do, what if somebody else that meets me new ends up finding out that I'm, you know, X, Y, Z, like you start playing these, you know, these like mind games. And I think just the the saddest part of it is how you talk to yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, yeah, I'm a shitty person. Yep. I fucked that up. Guess I'll probably do it again. I'm this, that, and that. And it's, it's just, it just feels so yucky. So I get all of that. And it's hard to kind of step out as an extrovert too, to be like, okay, I, I got to let that part about that go, you know, to be able to move on and find, find people. Cause if you just loathe on how you mess things up, it's really hard to want to pick yourself back up. Right. And I hope that like, whoever's listening to this, like I said, we're all in our thirties, forties and all of us, this, like this hits. Oh yeah. I think this, this is a common <laughs> experience for people. 
And it, but it feels very isolating because it feels like you are the problem because there's rejection or there's ghosting or there's, there is something that goes wrong. And you feel like there's, there shouldn't be drama attached. Like we're too old for drama, whatever. But like, the thing is it it does happen and there is no expiration date on, on stuff like that. Like things come up, things go wrong, things burn out, people change, life changes, and it is heartbreaking no matter how old you are. And again, we come from different places. We didn't even know each other six months ago. And yet we can all sit here kind of on the verge of tears and go like, fuck that hurts. Like it just sucks to have friendships burn out and then to have to learn how to put yourself out there and see your worth and know that like, you are still a valuable human that is worth knowing. And you might not be for, you will not be for everybody. You just absolutely will not be for everybody. You might be too much drama. Like, am I the drama? You know what? A lot of time I am. Yeah. hundred percent. So it's finding people that can, I guess, opening yourself up to the fact that like, you're still lovable. You are still somebody worth being around and worth knowing. And when you've been hurt or when you've done the hurting, it makes you have to reevaluate like how you're going to go about it next time. Caitlin, any more to add there, girl? Yes, actually. Um, Cause I to, that, on your face. <laughs> yeah, to that point. Um, yeah. I think at this point we've lived long enough and have had enough relationships. All of us have been burned by a friend or have done the burning And I've had such a maturation process in the way I do friendships over the last, like very recent, like last three years, probably where I kind of built from the ground up. And I, I really was kind of a shitty friend for like a long time. And my best girlfriend from high school, Jordan called me out on it. And I'm going to have to tell her I'm talking (laughs) about this. Um, But I tend to be someone where I, interact and get really close with the people who are part of my like everyday life. And, and I am guilty. I kind of neglected like my old friends that weren't either didn't live by me anymore or weren't in my everyday life. And I remember she, and she, like I said, she's been my friend since I was 14 and a group of those girls from high school. And she called me out and she's like, you're being a really shitty friend. She's like, I have to tell you, she's like, we see on Facebook and social media, you're going out and you're doing all these things. And yet you tell us you never have time to hang out with us. Or, you know, I didn't go on one of our girls trips one time, which I deeply regret. But the point being is that was such a wake up call to me that she did that. And I was able to really take inventory on, okay, when I look back at the times that I've needed a friend, um, you know, I had a lot going on a few years ago and I, I made some new friends, uh, Lindsay and Tamara, who have just walked next to me and like the darkest season of my life um, when I felt so alone. And so I take that, I take, I look at all the friendships, all the ways I fucked up and I'm like, okay, what does a really, really good friend do? And when I moved here, I'm like, those are the qualities I'm going to double down on. And the old me of being a shitty, flighty, superficial um, friend that made like 90,000 friends, but like no one was really a close friend. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to create a circle super tight. And I'm, cause that was one of my problems was I felt 
spread too thin. I was putting, I felt really emotionally exhausted because I was paying, I was paying out to all these surface level friendships when really the answer was tighten your circle and be a damn good friend to a few good people who are going to show up for you. And then you sure as hell need to show up for them. And that was so life-changing for me. And I, and I tightened my circle and I'm like, wow, I no longer feel depleted by maintaining friendships. I actually feel deeply, deeply enriched by them, um, giving and receiving from them. So that learning from your mistakes, falling on your sword and just stop being a shitty friend. Like I said, life is hard. Show up for people. So good. And I feel like you have, I have absolutely seen you make that effort. So like, I realized that it was more of a cognizant thing on your end, but to show people how that's played out, something that I've just really admired about this group of women is like, first of all, we all got put into a group text and then Melissa nurtured the shit out of that group text because she was like, I'm gonna make sure you all actually talk. And like, I am the person with a bazillion emails and text messages on my phone and like, I'm kind of the worst, but like, she always had to give, give me like the cliff notes version of the group text. But it's the fact that I'm involved in the group text that I really freaking appreciate and that it has been nurtured. And now it's just like a text thread that goes and it's okay if not all of us are participating, but we all are involved in it. So like, that was a really, I felt like it was a good power move from Melissa and then everybody else like contributing and checking in. Another thing that I thought was really um, just showed a lot. And I don't remember if this was Kaylin or Taryn, but one of you was like, Hey, what's everyone's birthday? Like, I don't remember which one of you did. That was a Taryn move. Okay. So like, she's like, I just need to get everybody's birthday in my calendar. And I thought that was so kind and proactive and like such a small thing that makes a big difference because I think by now all of us have had plenty of birthdays that maybe bring up a lot of emotions about who forgot about us. (laughs) Right. Like nothing like really just makes you realize like who's kind of like involved in your life and like, who's not like your birthday. And that can be like a really sensitive day for people, whether they're freaked out about getting older or about whatever, it can bring up a lot for people. And I just, it does for me sometimes. And I just really like thought that was such a, um, another like solid power move of when you're trying to like make friends with people, like finding out intimate things about them. I want to know this right about you. Right. Um, I also have, I just like took notes when you guys were talking. Cause I was like, I have seen all of this. I not, this is just not talk. Like I've actually seen the action of what this looks like. Um, and the judgment piece, I think all of us here have taken ownership and said, like, we've been through a lot of life and like, there's nothing that you can tell me that will make me not like you or stand with you because we aren't like, we're not here to judge. The life is just that hard. And to be around a group of women where you feel like you can share hard things that you've been through or that you're going through, or that will come eventually without like them turning around and talking shit about you and like becoming like the center of everybody's gossip and conversation, which again, all you guys maybe can't see this, but like everyone here is shaking their head. Yeah. Like we have all been through that and we know what it, what it's like to be gossiped about or talked about and to be around really emotionally intelligent women that are like no bullshit. And like, we're not about that. We're not about that. So like you could have done some really shitty stuff or been through some really shitty stuff, 
but that does not define who you are right now in this moment. And that was a really powerful thing that Kristen and I connected on. And it just like blew my mind that I could find somebody who just was like, I don't like none of the bad or the ugly or whatever, like matters. Like I am with you now. Like that it was just so pure. And I've seen that um, reflected in a lot of our hard conversations here, things that you guys have been really willing to be vulnerable about when maybe marriage or kids or careers, loss, whatever, like we've shared a lot of personal things without the fear of gossip and judgment. And I think that is a very um, overlooked effort that needs to be made, especially in female friendships as you know, you enter new seasons. And then the last thing is um, you all are such an incredible hype group. Like there's so much genuine support that sometimes I'm like, I'm like absolutely caught off guard when I have something going on, like a launch or an event, Like you guys like check in and you're like, Hey, I hope it goes well. Or, Hey, how did that go? And I'm like, I can't believe like a, they remembered or B they care to like support or like comment or like something or like engage, right? Like engage with the thing that I am engaged in. Every single person here has made an effort to be like, I see you. And I know what you're doing and what you're up to. And I freaking support it. And that any female entrepreneur will tell you is a lonely fucking place. You will not get support from the people that you wish would support you. And to have like made connections with four women here who are also like entrepreneurial to some degree, like who just make that effort to say like, I see what you're doing and I support it. I'm like, they're not even, and they're not people that are like going to be buying from me. Right. Like it's just a genuine effort of acknowledgement and support that I feel is so, so rare from our intimate circles. So those were the four points I wanted to touch on. Anyone want to add to that? I was just going to say, I feel like I resonate with that so much because I think we've all probably been talked about behind our backs. I bet some of our shit's been screenshotted and part of a conversation at happy hour or my God, like here she comes. She probably won't eat that because she's Miss Health and Fitness. You know, like that's the bullshit that we've carried for so long and however long we've respectively all run our businesses. So I've made it like my life mission that regardless of industry that another female entrepreneur, male entrepreneur, I don't really give a shit, is in, I am going to be a hype person for them. I want to make sure that they don't feel the way I felt. And I don't care if somebody launches a direct sales business and it is not my cup of tea. Like I get, it's so disheartening to see other adults cut each other down when that adult is just trying to fulfill something in their life, whether it is a financial need or just they want to be a part of something that makes them feel good and that feel wanted or just be a contributor to something. And we're all a part of the same industry, but we all want each other to be successful. I've been, you know, some of the, you know, very important people in our lives don't necessarily support us because they're not our ideal customer. Right. And it's not because of that, but also that's, being around these people that also want the best for me makes me want to double down, taking Caitlin's phrase, to to do that for you guys. And so I think that's probably the most invaluable piece about our group and our friendship is that I know that whatever I'm doing, everyone in this group and also just anyone in this community of friends that I've made here in Idaho wholeheartedly wants me to be successful, right? Just as much as I want to see Brie on this podium of her success and Melissa and Caitlin and Kristen, like we all genuinely be put to lie detector tests 
to say that we want to see each other be so successful in whatever terms that those are. And it's like the fact that it's, it feels shocking sometimes, like it literally feels shocking to have support. And I feel like it's easier to to get support from like strangers on the internet sometimes than it is like your own circle or like people will take more interest in what you're doing when they're total strangers versus people that like have been in your life a long time, maybe because they only see you through one particular lens. And so it's weird for them to see like the other lenses that you offer kind of. Um, and so it has, it has honestly like been shocking in a really positive way, but to have friends who like want to know me, but also want and support the things that I do and care about that aren't just like, that are kind of outside of me too. That's like putting my work and out into the world is one thing. And then like who I am, like in my heart and the support I need is another. And then to have people validate both. And that again, it is a rare quality. So if you are looking to make these connections, like know that it's the little things. It's not about like, it's not about like taking the perfect action. It's just about like, what small effort can I do to help this person feel seen or, you know, to, to be seen myself? Like, what do I want? What do I need? And how can I validate that? How can I put it out there? And I think that's those little efforts of significance mean so, so, so much. And then really just show a lot about your intent. Cause I think a lot of us are like scared to open up to, I'll speak for myself. Like, it's just hard to like open yourself up. Right. I think, you know, if you're moving or you're not moving and you're looking for friendships or you're looking for new friends or whatever, you know, whatever it is, like moving away from my friends were obviously was really hard. I still talk with them. Like I'll love them forever, you know, but like you get a fresh start. You don't get that. You you can get it back at home, but when you move, you really are like by yourself and you get to really be like, you know, Caitlin said, who am I going to invest in? No one knows me here. I like, there's no one saying I was friends with you 20 years ago. I don't see you. I live down the road. There, no one, I don't know anyone here. I knew one person, Brennan, and that was it like friend wise. So you kind of get to pick who you want to be in that circle. And you get to learn from all of the things you've done in the past where I know it can be intimidating and scary to start over and to move and make friends. Or even if you're looking for a new friend group, whoever's listening, but I hope what we have on this podcast is some sort of glimmer of hope that it can be really cool on the other end of it. And in, you know, seven months ago in April, when we were moving, I don't know if I knew this would be it. All I knew is you get to learn from your mistakes. You get to choose who you want in you get to choose who's your friends, but not maybe the like ones you talk to or see every day. And there's, there's nothing like, there's no outside noise. There's, there's nothing, you know, you get to really like embrace who you want to be as a friend and who you want as a friend. And I know moving is a scary, weird thing for everybody, but it, it if you can have that be your glimmer of hope, like shit, what if in six months we end up moving and I just found like some of my best friends, you never know. And I think that, that is what always made me feel hopeful and moving was like, I know I can make friends. Yes. I know that I am an expert, but I got to really be like, but Melissa, you can do things differently this time. You can like do things differently than you've ever done it before. What an exciting kind of fresh start instead of coming to a new place, being super depressed that I left everybody that I love. And that's a choice that you have to make. I had to make that choice. I could have stayed really sad or I could have been like, 
this is your chance to really meet people that maybe you need in your life that you never would have known had you not made the move for whatever reason it was. Yeah. I think I just remember like, just like praying that I would find anyone. Like it just felt so lonely moving here. I'm like, well, I know my mom, <laughs> like she's, she'll be here. And I literally spent like the first few months, like my mom was the person we'd hang out with, you know, because that is all I knew. And it just, it literally just took some time to find rhythm and say yes to things. Like Caitlin said, like we did the same thing with like, we are going to eat our way through Idaho because we're just going to go try all these different places. We're going to explore all these different places. doesn't matter what the weather is. We're going like full send. We're going to say yes to these things. And knowing like the more we got used to just like creating that and making that part of like just who we were and what we did here, even if it was different than what, what and who we used to be, like that would lead to the connections and the life that we were trying to create here. I knew that we were freaking starting over in so many ways. It was a Hail Mary. And also like I was responsible for catching the Hail Mary. You know what I mean? Like we, it was on me to figure out because we had that choice of like, we're moving here. This is scary. It's so hard to start over. And like, it will be exactly what I make it. And I swear to God, I'm way too stubborn for this to go to shit. I need to work my ass off for this. <laughs> Caitlin, do you have something to say? I'm trying to like read faces. Cause y'all are on mute. No, I agree. Also, Melissa love what you said. Love what you said. Chances start over. We yeah. do it, do it the right way. I think that that was, it's a special opportunity and you nailed it. It is a huge, huge opportunity. And it's one that, you know, if, if you find yourself in that position of moving, of starting over, um, it can be the best reset for who you want to be as a, as a friend, as a person, whatever, like you get a clean slate and that is a rare, <laughs> it's a rare opportunity to come in. And so when you were given that opportunity, like, who do you want to be? How do you want to show up? How do you want to be seen? And I think because all of us have been through so much shit, we have had to work really hard to figure out like, who am I now? Who am I becoming? And like, what am I going to do to try to freaking make that happen? You know, and I see that so much with Kristen, like, I'm not just this title. I'm not what has happened to me. Like, who is Kristen becoming here? Like, I see that so, so clearly with you, Kristen, like who is Kristen becoming? Not like what, not what has happened to you or not what happened in Caitlin's life when she was in a really dark period or my own rock bottom or Melissa's blowups or Taryn's changes and rejections. Like that is, those are not the things that define us, but those are the things that give us a lot of data to go off of and say, like, I don't want to repeat that. I don't want to live through that again. How can I take control of what I can control? And create a new future for myself and my family. And, and that will show up again. It's like, we get these subtle, like winks, like of like, this is where you're supposed to be and the people you're supposed to be finding. Yep. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Anyone have anything else to say on that note? I have one last thing. I think yeah. uh, something that I tell like my son and I think just in general is a good, I think the only thing that you know about in life no matter what your choices are, if you're thinking about moving, if you're thinking about making big changes in your life or who you want to be, where you are, because you can change who you are, wherever you are all the time. And I think it's this idea that the only constant that we can understand is that 
there's always going to be change. And my son and I talk about that. And I was like, you know, buddy, all I can tell you is that the only thing I know is that it will always change. So you have to be super grateful for where we are right now and what we have right now. But tomorrow is going to be something totally different than today. Right. Mm-hmm. And so in this way, and I think even in business and business metrics, because most of us are very entrepreneurial, that even if you're not, you can take those concepts into, okay, so what works with like what worked for me and what doesn't? And maybe you're thinking about moving. Where am I? And what's working for us and what's not? Okay, then I have to make this change. Is it scary? Heck yeah. Is it going to be really uncomfortable? Yes, it is. Are, do you're going to have to be vulnerable? Are you going to have to do things that are uncomfortable for you? Majority of the time, yes. But then like everyone has said on the other side, you don't know. And I think that's like kind of what faith is and no matter what you believe, any type of, right? Um, and I think like for me, I, I'm lucky that, you know, and like how Melissa was saying and all of us, I think you have the people that you have kept with you who just loved you unconditionally. Like I have a friend like that, right? And she always encourages me, like no matter what I'm trying to do, like to come back to myself and to come back to how do I grow in whatever capacity. Um, And then now we have people in our vicinity who can do that for us, right? And so I think it's just this idea that change is always going to be something you can count on. So how do you utilize that to be who you want to be, like your best self, because that's the only thing that I can tell you is going to happen. You know, that's the, and you can't control that. So it's a little bit weird, right? But I don't know. That's yeah, what I can't control like where life takes us sometimes, but like we can control what we do right now in this moment to like do the next right thing, be the next right version of ourselves, and try to find people that will show up for you and show up for who you were, show up for who you currently are and show up for, you know, the, the path forward. And I think that you know, you guys have, it's just been such an interesting, almost like social experiment to be part of this. And like, I mean, I'm around women a lot. I'm like, I've had a lot of different friendships and experiences within this and how, um, how each of you shows up for each other is just very unique. And I think it's because we're coming into it with such a wiser perspective of what we know we can lose of what we know, like what we know, what we want for ourselves, what we would want, um, you know, how others, we want others to treat us and showing up in that way is just so genuine. And I do think that that has made more so than getting involved in your community. All those things are really, really important and help move the dial forward when it comes to making friends, but it's all of the little things and the, the small efforts that make a huge, huge, huge difference when you are trying to build connections with people at this stage in life. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for being here and for sharing. It was like super vulnerable, I think for everybody, but I think it was also a great conversation to, um, to have and just bring light to. All right. Bye guys. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practice Brave podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and help us spread the work we are doing to improve the overall information and messaging in the fitness industry and beyond. Now, if you are pregnant and you are looking for a trustworthy exercise program to follow, I have you covered. The Pregnant Athlete Training Program is a well-rounded program for pregnancy with workouts for each week that are appropriate for your changing body. That's 36 weeks of workouts, three to four workouts each week and tons of guidance on exercise strategy. We also have an at-home version of that program. 
If you are postpartum and you're looking for an exercise program to follow, the eight-week postpartum athlete training program would be a really great way to help bridge the gap between rehab and the fitness you actually want to do. From there, we have the Practice Brave Fitness Program, which is an ongoing strength conditioning program where you get new workouts each week and have a lot of guidance from myself and my co-coach, Heather Osby. This is the only way that I'm really offering ongoing coaching at this point in time. If you have ever considered becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, I would love to have you join us. Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism is a self-paced online certification course that will up-level your coaching skills and help connect the dots between pelvic health and long-term athletic performance, especially during pregnancy and postpartum. Become who you needed and become who your online and local community needs by becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Thank you again for listening to the Practice Brave podcast. I appreciate you. And please help me continue spreading this messaging, this information, and this work. Mm -hmm.